I'm Aria Schwartz, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. We have a fun new segment of the Windsider Show kicking off today with my partner in crime, Owen Pence. It's called WNBA Stocks. Let's get into it. our show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com that's windsider.com are you looking to get tickets for the upcoming WNBA season thanks to our sponsor tick pick you don't have to worry the original no fee ticketing site and official ticketing partner of the WNBA champion Chicago Sky. Use the link TICKPICK.com backslash Winsider for all your upcoming ticket purchases for the WNBA, NFL, NBA, or any other event. That's TickPick.com backslash Winsider. Owen, hope you've enjoyed uh, opening week. How you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing swell. Uh, I love it. It's back. It's exciting. I've got a bazillion thoughts and uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. So, uh, I mean, you want, I feel like this was more your brainchild. Um, I know I always tell any of the Winsider staff or I get a team, whatever. Um, Hey, come on the podcast. You want to debate something. You heard me on a podcast, say something. You saw me in Slack, say something like, you know, I'm kind of like, Hey, call me out, put me on air. Um, and let's talk it out. You had a genius idea um, to talk about. Well, why am I talking? Explain it. Yeah. So so this was my idea was how can we kind of pinpoint where certain teams are at during the season? And and really, this is just an excuse to kind of spread the love and hop around the W in kind of a quick, snazzy, fun way um where we get a good idea of just where teams are at in the here and now so the the idea is simple uh we each choose a team whose stock is on the up and we each choose a team whose stock is on the decline and you know next week when we record the week after it might be totally different and a team whose stock was down one week is going to be on the up and up that's just the nature of this league but yeah i just thought it would be a fun way for us to just you know um, highlight certain teams who who aren't kind of neutral, who have some real excitement in the fan base, or who have some real concerns and and issues, and uh, and yeah, so here we are. Yeah, I, I think it's a cool idea. I mean, personally, as as our listeners know, I think I'm keeping it real. Some of them think I'm just hating, but it, it's it's a great way to be like you know there, there's a lot of intricacies into it, but it's also a great way to talk about teams that are struggling. Um, for instance. You know, we might have a team this week, as you said, that's struggling, uh, but come in a few weeks, it'll be up. There's also, you know, a, a really cool aspect in my mind. We were chatting before kind of picking which teams are on the up, which are on the down. Um, and one of the really interesting aspects, I think, at least was in our discussion of this was kind of the debates and the going back of like, well, a team like Chicago, right? Like, is their stock, are they going up or down? No, they're pretty much neutral. Yes, they lost game one, but it's one of those situations uh, where you just, you, you know what I mean? Like you kind of expect that, yeah, okay, it's a blip on the radar, but that if, if this was a stock that we owned 
right? We wouldn't be like, let's get out of this real quick. Get out, get out, get out, or bye, bye, bye. It would just be kind of, okay, we're riding this wave and up and and down. There's a few teams like that. Um, You know what? I'll just even say it. My personal take with New York is they're not up or down, even though they had a really nice win. But in my mind, uh, you know, they are a team that is, we what we based on what we saw last year, we saw the ups and downs. They're an erratic stock, as it were. Um, so in my mind, I'm like, I can't call them an up stock because they they're like a roller coaster, up and down, up and down, up and down. I want to see like actual gradual growth before I consider them. So without further ado, I want to let you go first. Who is your up stock? So and before I get to my up stock, this is the the beauty of this format, right? Is that I'm not going to choose New York for my up stock, but I actually disagree with you on that assessment. I think that the Liberty stock is up and maybe this is a a byproduct of me being in the market and kind of uh, you know, hearing what they have to say on a daily basis and and uh and drinking it up and and kind of agreeing with it. Um, but I think the Liberty stock is clearly up due to the coaching change and due to some of the improvements on the roster. Now, granted, one win can only tell you so much, and that's kind of the the fun part of doing this exercise so early is that we really don't have a lot to go on. There's there's going to be overreactions kind of implicit in this exercise. Um, but just that's a, a brief little aside there as I give the, the Liberty a shout out because I, I do think they're on the up and up. But However, oh, and you're wrong. You're wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> and we're off. Um, so my team uh, for stock up is I think the obvious one uh, is Washington. They're kind of the team that everyone is talking about right now. They've also played the most games so far alongside uh, Vegas, uh, the only teams to have already played three times. Well, the the teams that are doing good that have played three times. Actually, yeah, I just realized my mistake there. There's another team that's played three times that I'm trying to forget that we'll definitely be getting to uh, in a little while. But but so with Washington, this is a team, right, that won the title in 2019. They had the greatest offense in the history of the league um, from from an offensive rating standpoint, from an efficiency standpoint. Um, Then 2020 hits. The pandemic hits and, uh, you know, they're missing a lot of key players in the bubble. Last year's kind of similar situation with injuries, uh, etc. And so we kind of have this odd situation where uh, you go from winning the title and being on top of the league and on top of the world and having the, the league MVP on your side, not to mention the finals MVP. Um, and then you just have two down years where you don't really have a chance to defend your title because you're not at full strength. And so maybe that was part of the reason why I think Washington was a little undervalued going into the season. If you look at preseason title odds, they really weren't, um, they weren't looped in with the league's elite. They were kind of in that next tier. And I understand that there's a lot of question marks, right? Um, EDD's health kind of being the main one, but they lost Misaman. you know, there's, there's some moving pieces here to account for and, uh, and so folks just didn't really know what, what we were going to see with this team. And what's become abundantly clear through three games is that, you know, Coach, Coach T has done a, a, a stupendous job putting this roster together to the point where it really seems like this is a team that's deep enough that they're going to be able to withstand people being out on certain nights. So they, they travel to Minnesota and EDD doesn't make the flight and they still win. And then they come back home. And Natasha Cloud is out, 
and they still win pretty pretty definitively over the team that really had everyone going in Las Vegas after their first two games. So I think that the excitement here is that if if the team is healthy, I mean, this is a championship roster. This is a real contender, and they weren't really looped in with the the elite of the elite in the preseason. You know, you were seeing Vegas and Connecticut and Seattle and Chicago kind of as that top tier, and I agreed with that. Um, but it, it always had the asterisk that if things break right for Washington, this is a team that can compete with anyone. And uh, I think kind of the, the the last thing I'll say here, if we're going to dive into specifics, is, you know, I, I mentioned that they had the, the greatest offense in league history in 2019. And, you know, when I was on the, the media day Zoom um, for Washington a, a few weeks back, everyone was talking about defense. And now, granted, this is kind of like a popular thing is, is everyone stresses defense in the preseason. And it's like, oh, man, we're going to be so good defensively. Defense is our emphasis. You saw this with the fever a few years ago. They were stressing defense. And then it was like, nope, we still stink at defense. You have to have the personnel <laughs> to actually execute that vision. But this team does have the personnel. That's the scary thing is they've been really good and bothersome defensively so far. And they don't even have Alicia Clark back yet, who, you know, if she's able to return to to the level she was at before her injury, you know, that's one of, if not the best perimeter defender in the league we're talking about. You've got Ariel Atkins, who's one of the best two-way players in the league. You've got Maisha Hines-Allen, who I just thought was, you know, perhaps the best signing um, of the offseason. Someone who's been so, so essential to their success um, the last two years, you know, when in these down years, it's like she's been one of the bright spots. And so now you're looking at a team that really is pretty fearsome on both sides of the ball. And Natasha Cloud's talking about how her her shot has improved and you can't go under screens against her anymore. You've just got a team full of two-way players right now and a team that's deep and can win on a night when they're missing one, one or two of their best players. And I mean, things just are really good in Washington right now. The stock is clearly on the up and up. Yeah. And, and, and the interesting thing, you know, you mentioned that 2019 squad, they've brought back a lot of those familiar faces, right? Like, but, but the beauty of that is that they've also grown, right? Shatori's back, Hawkins is back, key role players are back. But the beauty is, is that they've grown, uh, as you mentioned, Maisha's grown, uh, Cloud's grown. They bring in, you have to replace some people, obviously. You bring in uh, Williams, who's going to be replacing Latoya Sanders. From that squad, you're going to bring in Clark, uh, who's going to replace the offensive and much will will far beyond replace the uh, defensive input of Christy Tolliver, but definitely um, is, is is a legitimate uh, replacement for offensive output too. I mean, Washington, I think it's fair to say there's a few more teams in this league this year that going into week number one, we had some question marks for them. But as you noted, you have to place them somewhere in the power rankings, somewhere in the stock exchange. Um, and Washington is definitely going up a statement win early on in the season, as it were, um, to, to pull off that victory against Vegas without cloud. Um, it, it was it was impressive to see that from like in my mind, at least I don't know if you felt this way, Owen, but like in my mind, one of Washington's question marks was going to be the guard depth and to see Katie Benson blow up, you know, like she did the other night uh, to see Roy uh, Rui blow up the way she did the other night. This team has to feel a new high of confidence right now where in past years, it's almost been like 
if Tina was out or if EDD was out or if Miesemann was out, obviously it's going over the past few years, like you talked about the struggles. Um, there was a lot of question marks with this team and it almost looked like they didn't have that com- that confidence, right? Now they have that confidence without their superstar, as it were. And I think that's the most important part, honestly. Um, stock is definitely up in Washington. For me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick a different team. I'm going to L.A. Um, L.A. was another one of those teams where I feel like they made some – there were so many question marks in a different view than Washington, right? Washington, we knew what to expect. It was a question mark more so of health. Um, how are these players going to fit together? Can they recreate the flow of the offense that we saw many years ago? With L.A., I mean, this was a hodgepodge of offseason moves that everybody knew this roster was infinitely more talented than last year. The question is more so, can they find ways to make it work? The strength last year was their defense. Are we still going to see a legitimate contention defense? I mean, it was one of the best defenses in the league last year. Are we going to see that moving forward? Are we going to see their biggest issue was offense, their ability to score? You bring in Kennedy Carter, Liz Cambage. Um, you know, you bring in Samuelson. Uh, you bring in these these young players who are balling out in preseason, and LA has just run through it. Now, look, obviously beating Indiana isn't the biggest litmus test, but I think considering where LA was last year and coming into the season with a lot of question marks, to see them start off this hot, you have to look at this and say that's a positive. They beat the defending champs in the Chicago Sky um, in opening night, and I just think you know it, it's looking up for the Showtime Sparks. So th- this is where this exercise becomes really fun because it, while I agree with just about everything you said, I would have chosen New York or Atlanta for this second spot. I'm a little more lukewarm on Los, Los Angeles. Um, I I totally agree. I mean, it's looking way better than it looked last year. And they brought in a lot of talent, uh, which has been evident in these first couple games. So given that the stock is up, I'm, I'm not going to really bash them here. Um, I just want to see more from them. I, I'm not super sold. You know, it, 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 this is all about narratives, right? Stock up, stock down. It's about how kind of you appear uh, to the outside world. And a lot of that is is based on whether you win or lose. Now, if that phantom foul call at the end of the Sky game is not called, the Sparks are one and one with their one win being over Indiana. And we might be highlighting a different team here. Um, but on the positive notes that you mentioned, I mean, I think it's spot on. This team defensively has been a force, and that was kind of um, the assumed uh, uh, factor that was coming into this season, is this team will be stout defensively, and we've seen that. I mean, Brittany Sykes, I think the, the momentum for her winning Defensive Player of the Year right now is at an all-time high. Uh, I think something like nine steals over the first two games, which is ludicrous. And, and I really want to see her continue, continue that campaign because it would just be great and so well-deserved if, if she won the award. Um, I think Jordan Canada has kind of been the biggest surprise for me and someone who maybe we took for granted, um, you know, in the backup point guard role behind Sue Bird. She was just, you know, she, she didn't really have a chance to, to show all of what she could do. And I think this is the perfect system for her. She's so dynamic in transition and now you pair her with someone like Sykes, who you know derives a lot of her offense in the transition game. 
um, they just seem to have this kind of, this is going to be a horrible pun in coming, but the team has a spark right now. They have a spark. Love it. It was lacking um, in the, in the, in the last season. Uh, but in terms of my hesitancy, why I'd be a little more bullish on New York and Atlanta in terms of a, an upward trajectory, um, a lot of it has to do with coaching and the, the combination of coaching and offense. So I'm just, I need to see more from the offense under Derek Fisher to truly be sold on this vision long-term. I think the biggest question is Kennedy Carter and kind of what her role is going to be, because I, I personally was not expecting her uh, to have such a small role, you know, fewer than 17 minutes per game in the first two games. I think she's looked really good offensively, really bouncy and, and really quick uh, getting them into a lot of their actions. And I think offensively, if this team is going to to compete for that seventh or eighth seed, which, you know, is going to be an absolute battle, there's so much competition for it. This team's going to need shooting and this team's going to need someone like Carter who can really just change a game with her offense. Now, granted, she's a defensive liability at this point in her career, but you can cover for her. Um, you know, given the rest of this roster. I mean, there's so many great defenders on this roster that you can play Kennedy Carter and and kind of hide her on the other end. I think that Lexi Brown's another player who's just really shown a ton of confidence in these first two games, stepping into three-pointers, hitting threes, bothering people defensively on the perimeter. Really great to see her playing this way and kind of taking advantage of the opportunity. Um, but there's just a couple fit things, you know, Carter, I mentioned Liz Cambage, how's she going to fit 23 minutes a game? The first, first few, um, she hasn't looked bad by any means, 17 points per. So she's been efficient and scoring, but you know, our team's going to attack her defensively. Can you play her and NECA alongside each other? Uh, there's just questions that I still have that have not been answered in the first two games. Awesome. First two games, undoubtedly. Stock is up, but I'm just not quite as bullish as you are yet. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the question with them, and I think everyone rightfully has it, is stock is up right now, but are they a long-term stock that you want to invest in? Now, let's talk about down stocks because I think it's it's similar. I'll go first on this one. My hometown team, the Minnesota Lynx, definitely a down stock. Now, I, I'm not going to say there's an asterisk there because they are just flat out a down stock. 0-3, they have looked abysmal in the first two games. Um, you know, well, I'll, all right, I'll say this. They haven't put a complete game together. The first half against Seattle, they looked like a competent team. I think Lynx fans were a little bit hyped. The second half looked like a preseason game. Um, then they go in uh, to, to their second game against Washington without EDD in Minnesota, home opener, without Hawkins. So their starting five is depleted, their bench is depleted, and they just looked bad. Um, yes, they make a, a, a late story comeback, but it was pretty clear at that point where the game was going. And then you lose to Indiana, a team that's that's on the upswing. Probably, you know, we mentioned it, honorable mention for an upstock. Um, but at no point, I mean, this team just looks lost. Now, there is a, a an educated Minnesota Lynx fan or aficionado would say, hey, they're missing three, four of their starters, right? You're missing Fee. You're missing Dantas. Uh, you're missing Kayla McBride, so that's three. Now you've just replaced your starting point guard, uh, Lasia Clarendon. You cut right, you wave right before the season starts. You bring in Odyssey Sims, who reports were that she was contemplating life after basketball, and now she's on the court. Um, you know, there I think there was a cut to where she was puking in a garbage can because she was just winded and out of shape. 
misses the third game of the season for personal reasons. So like, look, there, there's things to, as a Lynx fan, to be hopeful and positive about, you know, once the season gets going. We started off last year as 0-4, and, and then they made it to the, the third seed. So th- there's things to be hopeful for. But the thing is, is there's no question. It, it's a down stock right now. They are underperforming, even missing those players. Aerial Powers has looked out of sorts. Just every shot looks a little bit off. Um, and, you know, I'd say the bright spot is Sylvia Fowles and Jessica Shepard. Other than that, you know, this team is is extremely, extremely lacking and suffering right now. Totally agree with everything you said. And I think the major part of this one is the optics of it. I mean, a lot of talk and Cheryl Reeve is, is the goat. We that's, you know, we don't even have to say that at this point, but we're, we're, this is a podcast about present day. And right now the optics are really bad. This team doesn't have a point guard and they cut two of them in the preseason. Um, you know, they cut lay and then, and then they cut Dangerfield, who, was excellent last night beating the Lynx. So it's just, it really begs a lot of questions as to what the thought process was in putting this roster together, especially considering that Minnesota was missing fee and missing some other key pieces at the start of last season, started out 0-4, 0-5 or whatever, then signed Clarendon. They were awesome. And all of a sudden the team turned around. So it really, you just have to wonder why they made some of the decisions um, that they did from a from a front office perspective this offseason. Um, I'm glad you shouted out uh, Jessica Shepard because she's been really awesome and a huge bright spot. And as far as Powers is concerned, I think it's just too much on her plate. I mean, they need McBride back desperately. Obviously, Fee, you know, is is the key player on this team alongside Fowles. Um, great to see Syl still just you know, doing what she's done for her entire career. What a legend, greatest center ever. So it's not all all bad here, but it, it is just really perplexing and it's not a great look um, given that, you know, there are some players they cut who really seem like they could be helping the team right now. Um, so I'll transition to my stock down team. And this was kind of tough because this team has only played one game way too early to draw any definitive conclusions here. Um, and there's still a lot of reason for hope, but I'm going to go with the Dallas Wings. Um, not a good opener by any means. And if you're going to lose your home opener to a team that was in complete disarray last season in Atlanta, you at least want to show some positive signs, some signs of growth, some signs that, you know, this team has a direction. And I think the Wings kind of did the opposite thing. Um, I think the Wings... The, their game plan and kind of the, the rotations they played uh, just spurred even more questions rather than answers. You know, you start Ty Harris and she plays nine minutes. Um, you bring Marina and Veronica off the bench and they looked really good. You know, Veronica Burton in her first pro game was was not great in terms of scoring the ball, didn't didn't make any field goals. But just her minutes, especially defensively, uh, were really promising. So I think that like there's reason for hope here. There's a lot of really promising young players on this roster. But it's a question of, of fit and kind of establishing a rotation where each player knows what their role is going into the game. Um, and it, it, it seems like those questions are still very much in the air. Now, obviously, every team's missing some pieces, but Dallas is actually you know, more full strength than most at this point to score 59 games, 59 points in the opener 
uh, I think was really discouraging. And just given, you know, kind of the Wings reputation, this team that that really has been alongside Indiana over the, the past few years, probably the, the biggest like quote unquote laughing stock of the league from an organizational standpoint, not from the players that are on it. I, I'm not bashing the players, um, but this team needs to take another step. They made the playoffs. They accrued a ton of young talent and you know, they've dedicated the the max salary to Enrique Gumbawale. And and that's a question mark at this point, too. I mean, you've got two players right now, Astu Du and Mariah Jefferson, who are being paid to not be on the roster. Uh, Jefferson has, you know, taken a lot of minutes from Ty Harris at the start of her career. I mean, Jefferson was starting as Harris was just on the bench, kind of forgotten about. And now Mariah Jefferson's been waived and and Dallas is paying her full salary this year for her not to play. So that's a real problem if if you're kind of suppressing the growth of your young players uh, for someone who does not factor into the long-term plans at all. And to see them kind of still be in this stage where players are kind of getting yanked around and you just don't know what you're going to get on a night-to-night basis, I'd just be concerned if I'm a Wings fan you know, given that at this point you got to be pretty exhausted. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with everything you've said. You have to be exhausted. What was it like the first one of the first games? Uh, I believe I heard the announcer say out of Arike's career where she did not hit double digits, just seven points in that game, shooting three for 14. I think the interesting thing for that game for me and for Dallas in general, I completely agree. The, the lineups are out of sorts, who's playing, when they're playing, whatever, but at the end of the day, I, I understand, okay, you are missing, uh, you're missing Tierra McCowan, the, the big offseason move, one of the big offseason moves. You're, you're missing Satu Sabali, your unicorn. But at the end of the day, this team is known for high pace and getting shot, get up the court, getting shots up and some uh, high octane offense. That was not the case at all. As you mentioned, only scoring 59 points, um, getting, seven points from Arike getting uh 20 from Marina, which is, is great and all, but it just, even, even that, like she was shooting, she shot eight for 16. So great percentage wise, but there was just like something off at certain points where there wasn't that same flow and connection between some of the players that we started to see late last year, heck throughout all of last year, we've seen great growth from Dallas, over the past few years. And I mean that specifically in regards to the individual players. Like I don't think as a team we've seen very much growth. And I think that's been the biggest issue with this team. Um, Yeah, that's definitely a stock down. Obviously, you know, in a week from now, as we talked about, this is the, the fickle beast, uh, fickle nature of this beast that, you know, stocks down today. They've played one game, right? If other teams have played three games. If they would have played two games, maybe their stock wouldn't be down. Maybe it would be a neutral if they pull off a victory. The other team that I do want to give uh, somewhat of a honorable mention, even though it's not the most honorable thing, um, has to be to the Phoenix Mercury. Um, they got blown out in that one game that they've played, 106 to 88. You know, Skylar Diggins-Smith dropped 25. But at the end of the day, without having Brittany Griner, this team is a shell of themselves. Um, I've been saying it anywhere who will listen to me. Obviously, we should all be screaming this at the top of our lungs, tweeting it out daily. Free Brittany Griner, who's wrongfully detained for 80-some days at this point. It's ridiculous. Get her home. But speaking of the Phoenix Mercury, I mean, 
That's a stock down team. If you thought that, oh, we got Tina Charles, so we're going to be okay missing the the interior size of, of Brittany Griner, you are wrong. That is a stock down right now. Any thoughts on the Mercury before we sign off for today? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think I was hesitant to highlight them just because of what you said. You know, the Griner situation is is so appalling and, and horrific and saddening um, that really free Brittany Griner is, is the only thing that that I'll add on to that. That's all that matters. But if we're talking from a basketball standpoint right now with the, the roster that Phoenix does have, 100%. There's there's just a lot of issues. I, I did not like the, the Tina Charles signing. I did not see the fit, did not see the vision. Um, we still have to wait. Like Diamond to Shields uh, is coming back. That's obviously going to be a big piece um, of this team. But I think to your point, I mean, they're getting exposed right now. And Diana Taurasi is at the point in her career where, sure, she can still go off for 35 on one night. But if this isn't the night where she's dropping 35, she's a complete liability on the floor. Now, that's no disrespect to one of the greatest to ever play this game. But again, we're talking present day right now. If she's not on fire offensively, She's she's chucking a lot of shots that might be questionable and defensively is is often the worst player on the floor. Um, and it's just too much for for Skyler to really carry this team by herself. So I think that that they definitely have um, they have a lot to figure out. And uh, it's just kind of a, a sad, depressing situation right now. Very unfortunate. Um, but yeah, that's where that's where Phoenix stands. Yeah, and, and I, I believe somebody brought it up in the Winsider Slack channel a few days ago. It might have even been you. Last year, um, with Brittany Griner playing out of her mind basketball best of her whole career, well, what was like the points for points against on average per game? It was like 89.84 and 89.5 against. So like even with one of the best defensive players in our league, um, uh, uh, the – I don't even know like the proper, there has to be some analogy. I was going to say like the big green monster, but that doesn't even, that doesn't do it. She is just a a defensive machine. Um, And yeah, to, to have her and still be in that situation, just imagine where they're going to be. She's also an offensive machine too. So uh, reminder, if you like what we're doing, support us on patreon.com, patreon.com backslash winsider less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and we will be back with more WNBA stocks with aria and owen pence